0: your son Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for giving us another opportunity to come together and fellowship on tonight. We thank you for our helper, our teacher, our standby, our guide on the inside, which is the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, that we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And God, you shall get the glory, you shall get the honor and the praise through this word on tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's start where we left off last week. I have been teaching on opposition. And through the teaching, I pray that everybody knows that you're going to have opposition, that you're going to have things to come up against you because of who you are now that you're in Christ. So don't think that you're left out. The only way that you're left out and you don't have any opposition is if you're joining in with the enemy and you're doing what the enemy wants you to do. Anytime we do what he wants us to do, he don't bother us because he already have us. But when opposition come, it comes through us doing what the word of God tell us to do, and the enemy does not want us to do it. So he brings opposition through husband, wife, children, um, grandchildren, dogs, cats, whatever he wants to use to bring that opposition, he brings that opposition. But one thing that we don't have to do is accept that opposition. We know that opposition is to act against, to resist, either by physical means, by arguments, or other means. Again, opposition is to act against, to resist, either by physical means, by arguments, or other means. I went over Daniel, um, chapter 10, verse 11 through 13. When Daniel, he began to pray, he began to seek the Lord um, concerning something, and he had opposition. And we know how he handled that... um, was through going to prayer to find out what was going on because he knew that he had went before God, but it was taking a long time for him to hear any, hear from God. So after I went over Daniel, I went over Nehemiah and how Nehemiah, he was facing opposition because of building the wall. And by putting that wall up, it was keeping the enemy out. So anytime that you are guarding your heart um, with all diligence you should know you're going to have some opposition because the enemy he want to plant a seed opposite to the word of God in your heart so you can react from what you're bringing forth so Nehemiah we know what happened with Nehemiah Nehemiah went into prayer each time he had opposition he went to God in prayer so this should tell all of us that all of us should pray without ceasing we should be in communication with God at all times, not just when something is going on, but when we begin to commune with God and communicate with God through prayer, we will know what's going to happen before it happened, or we'll be ready for what's yet to come. So don't take prayer lightly. All of us need to be in prayer, not only individually, but we need to come together um, in unity and in togetherness, praying the same thing, believing the same thing. And this is why when you're in a ministry and that ministry have goals or things that they're doing to bring God's glory, we should be coming together, we should be uniting, saying, God, whatever the enemy is trying to do to bring division, to keep us from uniting, coming together, we break his powers. So we know that when two or three come together, God is in the midst of us. When we gather together and we on one accord... He's in the midst of us, and this is what Nehemiah was doing. He knew that the way that he gets through what he was going through was through prayer because he was waiting for God to give him the answer, and that's what we should do because the Bible says if you call on him, he will answer you, and he will show you great and mighty things that you don't know about, but we have to call on him. We have to go to him, and when we go to him, We should be expecting an answer even before we go to him. We should know that God has already answered us. So tonight I want to go back over a little bit dealing with prayer and just add a little bit more to it. I talked about Luke 18 verse 1 when it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So he want us to always pray and not to give up. So this woman, she kept going to the unjust judge, and she didn't give up. She kept going to him because she knew what rightfully belonged to her. When you know what rightfully belonged to you, you don't give up. You don't get weary because you know what God's word is saying. Even though you face an opposition, you don't stop going into prayer and seeking God. The Bible says if we seek him, he shall be found. The Bible says if we ask, we shall receive. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock the door shall be open unto us. That's in Matthew, the seventh chapter. But, and then the Bible tells us we ask, but we have not because we ask to miss. So when we go in with the wrong motive into prayer, this is why we're missing what God already have for us because we are going with the wrong motive. So we have to know what the word of God is saying unto us. Before we even go to God. Because we don't want to go to God outside of his will. That's why the Bible tells us this is the confidence that we have in him. Our confidence, our boldness, our assurance is in him. That when we go to him, when we go to him with those petitions, we know we have that petition because we're going to him according to the word of God. 1 John chapter 5 um, So you can go back and read that. I sort of paraphrased it, but it's letting us know that when we know what the will of God is, we can go to him boldly because God is not going to go back on his word. So we don't want to give up. We don't want to get weary in our well-doing because in due season, the Bible tells us we're going to reap if we faint not. You cannot always go on how you feel. You cannot go on what it looks like or what it appears to be because that's where your opposition is. The enemy wants your focus to be on the situation instead of focusing on things above and not on things of this earth. We got to set our minds on things above. And when you do, that's where your focus is going to be at. You're not going to look at the opposition. You're going to look to him who is the author and finisher of your faith. So he he gave me this. Go to Matthew 26. We talked about Matthew 26, um, 41. But I want to go here, and I want to go over this a little bit more. Matthew 26, starting at verse 36. This is Jesus. Um, It said, Then Jesus went with his followers, his disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. Now, when we look at Gethsemane, it's a place where Olives was being pressed out for oil. And it says, He said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Now, look what Jesus did. He said, I want you to sit here while I go over here and pray. There's a time in our lives that we do come together in prayer, but we have to have that place that we go to God outside of other people. So Jesus told them to sit there while he go and pray. But then it said he took Peter and two sons of Zebedee with him, and he began to be very sad, sorrowful, and trouble, anguish, distress. So we know that he took them with him. But later on, we're going to see he he went aside to himself. So, Jesus was very sorrowful. He was troubled. He was depressed. There was heaviness upon Jesus. That means that it was he had a lot of pressure. That's why when you look at Gethsemane, they refer it to the agony, the grief, and everything that he was going through. He was very heavy. He was very depressed. And it says that he said to them, my heart, he began to tell them how he felt. Now I want you to look at the whole time that Jesus was with these disciples. You never heard him say anything like this. He said, my heart, my soul is full of sorrow, overwhelmed with grief to the point of death. What Jesus was saying, he said, I'm so depressed, I'm so heavy. I'm carrying this agony. I'm carrying all of this upon me. It feels like I'm dying. Have you ever been to a place where things have got you so down, they have weighed you so heavily, they have pressed you, that you just felt like if I if I leave today, it wouldn't make me no difference? Jesus felt that bad, but what was happening was he was feeling the flesh. Your flesh, this is where you feel stuff at in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Everything is getting stirred up within you. You're feeling that heaviness. You're feeling that grief. You're feeling that depression. You're feeling like you can't make it. This is how Jesus was. It was like he was pressed on every side. So what he was telling his disciples, he was saying, stay here and watch. What he was saying, he said, I want you to stay here. I want you to stay awake. I want you to be alert. That's what watch mean um, with me. That's the first thing he says. Stay awake, be alert, and watch with me. Now, understand what Jesus was doing here. His soul, his mind, his will, his emotions, his body was going through Because of what he knew he was going to go through. This is the human side of Jesus. He was feeling the pressure. He was feeling the pain of death. Everything he was going to go through. So he was telling his followers, the ones that he had to come up with him. He said, I need for you to stay awake with me. He was saying to them, this is what I'm going through. I want you to help me to get through what I'm going through. He didn't say that he wasn't going to go through it. But he wanted them to stay awake. He wanted them to be alert because the sorrow, the grief, the pain was so much for him. He said, just stay awake with me. He said, because this is what I'm going through. And then it said, after a while, a little further away from them, Jesus fell. Remember, I said he went further away from them. He went to the father on his own. But what he was telling them, in order for me to go to the father... In order for me to get before the father, I need for you to be lifting me up. That's why I need for you to pray and stay awake because I need for you to lift me up so I can get the strength to go through what I'm getting ready to go through. He let him know how this was the human side of him. How many of us have went to people when we be so down and out feeling like we just can't make it no further and we go into people that we can trust and say, can, can you just pray with me? Can can you just help me I, I know that I have to go through it, but I just need for you to pray with me that I'll have that strength to endure, to go through what I'm going through. Now at times people will tell you this and people need to quit saying this. The first thing that comes out of people's mouth when you hear about somebody being sick or somebody died, my prayers are with you. Some people don't need to pray for themselves. But they use that because that's a habit. We'll be praying for you. You don't need to wake up enough to pray for yourself. To think about yourself. A person that has the compassion of God that's in them, guess what we don't have to do? We don't have to wait to pray. Immediately, we begin to pray. We begin to lift them up right then and there say, so I don't have to wait till I get home. We're going to pray right now. So, sometimes we say, I'm praying with you or I'm praying for you. We have to really think about what we're saying before we say it. Because sometimes we're lying. We're just saying it just to say we said it. But Jesus was letting them know. So it says that after walking a little farther away from them. Jesus fell with his face, fell with his face to the ground and prayed. He fell on the ground. That's just how heavy he was. That's just how much sorrow and grief. He was in. Have you ever been to the point that the only thing you can do is lay on your face? Sometimes you lay on your face. You only moan and groan. You don't even know the words to come out of your mouth. Only thing you know is so much sorrow, so much grief, is so much depression. You can't do anything but fall, prostrate. That's how he was, and this is what he said: "My father, Jesus, recognized he's my father." He's the one that I depend on. He's the one that I look up to. That's the one he was falling down to, his father. He didn't take those disciples with him when he was falling before the father. He knew that this was between him and the father. The only thing he wanted the disciples to do is stay awake, stay alert. I want you to be watching. I want you to be lifting me up so I can have the strength to endure what I'm going to endure. That's what he wanted from them. That's all because he knew they couldn't go through it for him. He knew he had to be the one to go through it, to endure it. So he said, my father, If it is possible, do not give me, let pass from me this cup of suffering. And this is, this is God's wrath getting ready to be poured out upon Jesus. God's wrath, everything dealing with sin was going to be poured out upon him. So he knew that this wrath was going to take place. And he knew that God's wrath was nothing to play with. He was taking on the sin. He was taking on the agony of the whole world. So he asked his father, he said, my father, there's times in our lives that we got to get personal. We got to quit looking at everybody else. We got to go to him for ourself. When you have a relationship with the father, that relationship is so personal. You know, God, I can't do nothing outside of you. There's nothing I can do without you, God. God, I'm your sheep. You're my shepherd. God, you're everything that I need. My dependency is upon you. Have you ever been to that state where you knew you couldn't call on nobody but God? You knew that nobody but God would be the one to help you. Have you ever been there? I'm going to tell you, when you get to that place... Where you calling on nobody but God. You ain't calling on your husband. You ain't calling on your wife. You ain't calling on your kids. You ain't calling on nobody. You just down on your face saying, Lord, here I am. And I know you hear me because you always hear me. That's a place where you know, ain't no man, no woman, no doctor, no lawyer, no president. Nobody can help you. But God, he made it so personal. He said, my father. If it is possible, do not give me this cup of suffering. He knew this wrath was going to be poured out upon him. But what Jesus also knew, let me get to this um, part. He said, but do what you want, your will, not what I want, my will. There's two things that was happening here. When Jesus said, my father, if it is possible, do not give me this cup of suffering that was flesh. See, we're dealing with flesh and spirit here. So you got to understand where the Bible is going. His flesh was saying, I don't want this. How many of us in the flesh when you're going through? I don't want this pain. I don't want all this that's happening in my marriage, that's happening with my family. I am I just don't want this. I don't want to hear no more of this. But Jesus, he was letting the, the father know, this is the human side of me. Then he went to the spiritual side and he said, but not my will, that's the spirit, but let your will be done. He was showing you his fleshly side and he was showing you his spirit, spiritual side. This is why Jesus knew and he knows about all our weaknesses. He went through it. He know that our flesh is weak, but he know we also have the spirit of God on the inside of us to help us to overcome this flesh. And the only way you can do it is by having such a relationship, such a connection, such a fellowship with him that no matter what comes, even if you fall in the floor, you know, you know what's best for me. Even though I'm going through, I'm hurt, I'm disappointed through what my husband did, through what my wife did, through what my children is doing. God, you know my pain, you know my hurt, not my will, but let your will be done. I'm just asking for the strength to get through it. See, they go to spirit and they go to flesh. That's what Jesus was doing. And if we don't understand that scripture, we always go to not my will, but let your will be done. That's the spiritual side. But we also got to go to the fleshly side because all of us have been there in our soul, in our mind, our will and our emotions where we're saying, I can't take it no more. I don't want to go through this no more. I'm t- and this is what I've been teaching on. Remember how we've been teaching on having, uh, what is it, uh, offense? Having all these things in us? That we need to be um, dealing with because when somebody says something to you, they end up coming out of you. Coming out of nowhere and you saying, where did that come from? They didn't deserve that. Why am I acting this way? It could be like that in a marriage. That husband can ask you a question and all of a sudden you bowing up at that husband for no reason. He's like, I just asked you um, what time were we going to eat? And you got mad. You got angry because of that. That's because it's something that's lying dormant within you that you have not dealt with, that's part of that flesh that you have sowed a seed in your heart and whatever seed you sow, it's going to come forth out of your mouth. And this is why we have to deal with things when they need to be dealt with and quit holding things, quit holding grudges, quit being jealous, quit being envious over people and say, father, talk to him. Jesus talked to his father. He let his father know what was going on. He let his father know how he felt. And that was the spirit and that was the flesh. And he said to the point of death, okay, so we know what he said to the father. Verse um, 40 says, then Jesus went back to his followers, his disciples, and found them asleep. Now look at this. These were his followers, the ones that was following him, the learners of him. And they couldn't even stay up to pray for him. How many count on so many people to be in your corner when things are going on and nobody's praying? Nobody's seeking the Lord on your behalf. You really know the ones that's really seeking the Lord on your behalf. Because, you know, somebody's praying for me because ain't no way I can have the strength that I have without. some. I may not know who it is, but I know God got somebody praying for me, lifting me up because I got peace in the midst of this storm. And I know it's not the world peace. It got to be God's peace because the storm is still here, but I'm riding through the storm. And that's what God want us to do. The word will help us to ride through that storm. And people will be wondering, how in the world are you getting through this? Because, see, I know my father. I know my father. He knows what's best for me because whatever the enemy means for my harm, I'm telling you, God, don't lie. He said he's going to turn it around and he's going to make it for my good. So no matter how it looked, no matter how I feel, he's still Abba. He's still Father. He's still Daddy God. He still know what I need even when I think I know what I need. So when we have that personal relationship with him, let me tell you, it overcomes hurt. Hurt can't stay there when you go into the word of God. The only reason why hurt stayed there is because we choose to keep it there. Because we want to have pity parties. But see, Jesus knew. He said, God, if it is your will, take this from me. But the most thing that got Jesus, y'all, it wasn't going through the sins of the whole world. The thing that got Jesus, the reason why Jesus was so heavy and so sorrowful is because he was separating from his father. Have y'all thought about that? He knew he had to go through being crucified. He knew that this had to happen. But he said, for my father to turn his back on me, his only son, and the separation, sin is separating us. That's where my agony is coming in at. This is where my sorrow and my grief is coming in at. Y'all, the closer you get to God, and when you go to him and you feel like he's far off, that makes you feel in your flesh. <laughs> oh, Lord, what in the world? Lord, I need you now, Lord. Just let me know that your presence is here. Because depression can have you at a place that you have no feeling. But God will take you out of that place and give you what you need. So Jesus knew he's going to turn his back on me. This is why he was saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's what the real thing was with Jesus. He was being separated from the father. So after walking a little farther away from them, Jesus fell on the ground and we know what he said there. Verse 40, then Jesus went back to his followers, disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, let me tell you why he spoke to Peter. This is funny. It was more than Peter there, right? Why did he address Peter? Because Peter was the big mouth one. To tell him he would die for him. Peter had a big mouth. How many of us have a big mouth and say, Oh, Apostle Amanda, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll be right there for you, Apostle Amanda, through thick and thin. I'll be there. I never leave you. I'll be there. And then soon as something happened, where's Willie? Y'all know I got to pick on Willie. (laughs) Willie running. Soon as the demon cut loose, I don't see Willie nowhere. And that's the very one. Say, I got you. I got you, buddy. I got you. Zoom. Willie gone. This happens. So Peter was the one that told him all this stuff. Big mouth Peter. So Jesus addressed Peter. He said to Peter, you men could not stay awake. Now he called Peter, stay awake and watch with me for one hour. Think about it, y'all. Through everything that they went through. Jesus was there every trial. Listen at this. Remember when they was on the boat and the storm was raging, he was asleep. But when they woke him up, he said, peace, be still, didn't he? He calmed the storm. He calmed the sea. So Jesus was there for them through thick and thin, and they could not even be with him. Stay alert for one hour. Did that remind y'all of us? Come on, y'all. Y'all know what we say. I'm going to get up early, and I'm going to go before the Lord. You do get up, but you like this. Some of us do that, right? Well, Lord, you know my heart. My intentions is right. He said, watch as well as pray. He didn't say sleep as well as pray. And so we use those excuses to say, well, I did get up, but you didn't watch. <laughs> what do you do? Praying in your mind, you don't even remember what you said. So this is what he was telling Peter. Verse 41, stay awake, keep watching, and pray for strength against temptation. He said, we have to be alert. We have to stay awake. We, we have to say, Lord, give me the strength to go through what I'm going through. Because temptation is coming, y'all. Temptation is on every side. No matter where you go, there's always something to tempt you. Sin is lying at the door. It's knocking at the door. It's waiting to come in. So this is why we got to be alert. We got to be watchful at all times because the enemy—he's sneaky. He's a trickster. So we have to make sure that we on guard, that we on our posts. Remember Habakkuk? When Habakkuk he was asking God about what the people was going through. He didn't like what was going on with those people, and he said, "I'm gonna set a watch. I'm gonna get at my post. I'm gonna wait to see what he has to say." He didn't go to sleep. He was waiting to hear from God. So when we, when our hearts are there before God, when we're determined, when we're um, praying and not um, feigning, or, or pay, praying and not feigning, that means our heart is right there with God and say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm not giving slumber to my eyelids. Wake up! I said, you get up. You got to be alert. You got to hear what God got to say." And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to watch as well as pray. He want us to be able to say, God, here I am. You know my heart. I don't want this jealousy. I don't want this offense. I don't want this anger. I'm not going to fall asleep on, on this. I, I want this up and out of me. Lord, I need to hear from you. What you want me to do about this, God? How do you want me to do it? And the more you open your heart to God, you won't fall asleep. Your body will pop right up and say, here I am, Lord. Speak, Lord. Your servant hears. How many when you're so worried about something you can't sleep? How many? Why you can't sleep then? But when it's time to go into prayer with God, why do we go to sleep? Somebody say, ain't nothing but the devil. No, it ain't the devil. It's you. Come on, we always blaming the devil. We do what we want when we want, y'all. If there's a sale and they tell you that that sale starts at 5 a.m. and you can get all this for $10, how many going to watch as well as pray? How many going to go and park and sit there and have your eyes open? Or you'll say, Teresa, I'm going to fall asleep, but keep your eyes open and wake me up, okay? We're going to go in there. How many haven't we done it? Do y'all remember Christmases when they would have the games for the kids and they would have so many that was left and you had to be there at the crack of dawn to get those games? How many did it? I never did it. I said he'll never get it. Those that wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength because I ain't waiting in front of the best Buy for nobody. Not even myself. (laughs) So this is what I'm saying. The things that we want to do, we wake up early to do them. When we want to get our hair done, we want to get our nails done. Whatever we want to do, we get there on time. Do we not? I ain't never seen nobody miss an airplane, not unless they just didn't want to get on it. I'd be the one to miss it. Because I don't want to get on it. But what I'm saying is anything we want to do, we press our way through to what? To do it. We make a way to do it. We even set our alarms when we never set our alarms. And this is why he's saying we have to now watch as well as pray. When you always alert, when your mind is set on things above y'all, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. He's always telling you what to do and how to do it and when to do it because you're not making it about how you feel. You're, you're What does the Bible say that a kindly minded person is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. There's a a fight between the flesh and between the spirit, is it not? So we have to be so careful, y'all, because we have to crucify this flesh in order for us to watch and in order for us to pray. It takes the Holy Spirit to help us. We have to cry out for help and we have to say, Holy Spirit, Help me because I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but I know about me. Sometimes I've been so tired, dragging and saying, okay, Lord, all of this need to be done. You're getting a call here. You're getting a call there. And I say, God, I can't do this. I say, but you can. Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. See, I come out the flesh and I remember what I have in the spirit. And then the next thing I know, I get through it that's when you know you're not in the flesh no more because you ain't dependent on your flesh to help you. you dependent on the spirit of the living God to help you to do what need to be done. And he does it all the time. But we have to watch as well as pray because if I wasn't watching doing those times and being alert, I would be in the complaining mode saying, ain't no way this is going to get done. It's just too much. I just can't do all this by myself. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know what? I have learned. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. You're my teacher. You can help me. You can help me. I'm in the spirit now. I'm leaving the flesh alone because the Bible said the spirit quickens, but the flesh profits you nothing. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. I want to hear words that's going to bring me um, life because God's word is coming from his spirit. It's the breath of God. So when you begin to speak the word of God, you're speaking him out in the atmosphere. And guess what? It will change. It has to change because it's God on the same. So we looked at another scripture too. listen at this. Psalm 69 verse 20. We haven't looked at it, but this is a a new one. I'm adding to it. Psalm 69 verse 20. And I'm reading out the expanded Bible. It says insults, reproaches, scorn, scorn, have broken my heart and left me weak. I'm depressed. Have insults, reproaches, scorns, left you weak. When somebody insults you, how many have been insulted so much, have been scorned, have been depressed through all of those things? That will happen. He said, have left me weak. Why would we be weak through those things? Because we're in the flesh. We're allowing those things to get next to us. He said, I looked, hoped, waited for sympathy, pity, but there was none. I found no one to comfort me. Isn't that something? We all want comfort during those times when we're going through. We all want a kind word from somebody to say, you're going to make it. God is here. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. See, in the times that we're having now, so many people are focused on what they're going through. They're not looking at Ukraine. We're not over there in Ukraine with them going through the things that they're going through we're still talking about look at me look what I'm going through over here they lost loved ones they lost children they don't have nowhere to stay they're out in the cold and here we are with shelter even though something is going on we need to lift our hands and say God I thank you I thank you God because I could be in the place that they're in now God I want to lift them up today God And when you begin to lift them up, you begin to feel how they're feeling. That's when you know you're feeling the burden of Ukraine when you're getting up every morning and say God I ain't making it about me I'm making it about Ukraine and when you're crying out every morning from Ukraine and you saying God cover them God Psalms 91 they're in the secret place of the most high they're abiding up under the shadows of the almighty they can say unto you that you are their refuge you are their fortress in God they do trust God I thank you that no evil shall befall them again neither shall any plague come now they're dwelling you have blessed their water bless their food bless their bread keep sickness from in the midst of them god i'm crying out on their behalf because it could be me so i'm lifting ukraine up to you this morning and then you still going in the next morning and you still calling them out and every day you calling them out because there's a burden for ukraine but wonder why some of us really don't have that burden but we're burdened about other things it's because that's where our heart is on those other things. The more we get our self off self, the more God can use us for somebody else besides self. And that's why I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The more you cry unto God, just like Nehemiah. He was crying unto God for those people. The burden was on Nehemiah to go in and build that wall. God knew Nehemiah's heart. God knew Nehemiah was going to have opposition because of that wall. But God gave Nehemiah the strength. He gave him the endurance. He gave him the perseverance. He gave Nehemiah everything he needed to build that wall on his behalf. And Nehemiah did not come down to them. He said, because I know I'm doing a great work. Why should I come down to you? So when you know you're doing a great work for the Lord, no matter how much opposition you get, no matter what people say, because you know the truth and the truth is what makes you free. Even when they're lying, guess what? You don't even have to go back on that lie because you know what the truth is. You don't have to defend yourself. God is your defender. So sometimes when we spend more time defending ourselves, saying, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. See, you've been sucked into opposition. When you know you ain't done nothing, go about your father's business and keep doing what God has called you to do. The enemy wants you to come off that wall. He wants you to stop seeking God. That's why the enemy put people in places amongst you to get you off track. To make you stop doing what God has called you to do. That's why you have to watch as well as pray. That's why you have to be alert in such times as this. When you got your mind set on things above, you do not intermingle with people that don't know God even though they save. You know who know God by what come out of their mouth. You know who know God for real for what come out of their mouth. So it's best... To continually seek him while he can be found. We need to start getting up early. Because when you seek him early, you'll find him. But if you wait and you get up and don't start your day off with him, you ain't going to end your day with him. But if you start your day off with him, we supposed to rise up with him. We supposed to go through the day with him. We supposed to lay down with him. And the more that we do that, y'all, The more we go from glory to glory to glory and the more people see his glory. So it's time for us to get into prayer, to seek the Lord and get united in prayer, praying the same things because when we come against one another, the enemy is using us for opposition and we don't have time for that. Y'all people are dying daily. You, every day you hearing people are dying. People close to home are dying. And we want to make sure we're giving them the word of life before they leave. Because we want to make sure that they're going to be in that place with him. Amen? So we're going to continue teaching on prayer because we need to know what prayer is and what prayer is not. Prayer is not, and I will go into it begging God. You don't have to beg God for nothing. Because God already done given you everything you need. Through Jesus, that's why Jesus went through the agony. That's why Jesus went through all the pain. That's why the, the wrath of God was poured out on him. So we don't have to go through all of this stuff that he went through on our behalf. Will these things come? Yeah, they will come. But when you know who you are, now that you and him, you know that you are overcomer because of him. You know that the victory has already been won. That's why we have to stay in communication with God at all times. And the more you communicate with him, y'all, the devil is going to be mad. He's going to be mad. It can happen right in your home. When you go into prayer and you get ready to seek God and you just, you know, the, the, the thing that say, if you're happy and you know, clap your hands. If you in prayer and you happy and you clapping your hands and you saying hallelujah and you crying and you snotting, not because of hurt, not because of pain, but because of the joy of the Lord is your strength, and then next thing you do, you come out the room and you're staring eye to eye with the devil. They done start cutting up, acting up in the house for no reason. That's opposition. The enemy use whomever he wanna use, if they allow him to use them. So prayer, y'all, really changes things. So that's why the enemy don't want us to stay in communication with God. Because when we do, we know that life is coming on the same. Amen? Is there anyone that want to uh, share with what they have gotten out of this teaching so far? Anyone? How has this teaching helped you so far? What have you seen through this teaching that has given you inspiration, that has encouraged you? through what we have been teaching. Oh, nobody? Wow. Come on, Najina. Can you get the mic, Najina, so they can hear you online, if you don't mind? Right here.
1: On the uh, when, God, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and two years ago, when the doctor did my breast cancer, she told me that I was going to take chemo for one year. Now I know, 19 years ago, chemo for three months was knocked me out. So for me to imagine I got to take it for one year, it, my flesh was just doomed. So I did. <laughs> I was doing Hezekiah. I turned my face to the wall praying, still being low. And then I was saying, Lord, if this cup could pass for me, please take it away and I honestly I I cried out to God (sighs) so the next morning when it was time for me to go get my first treatment I walked in and my doctor said you know Miss Moore I had the pathologist to redo your um, your reports she says, I don't know why, but it just kept jabbing at me. Mm. And she said, you're not going to have to take chemo for one year. You're going to have to take it only for three months. Y'all, we cried and we hollered and we run around so much in that doctor's office that they had to come and just ask us to calm down because there's some more people on the other side. But I know it's, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. And it will keep us through what we need to. I, I just really, when we were talking about what Jesus had to go through, I just felt myself, and I was saying in his words, if this cup can pass from me, please let it be. I just want to share that because it just was that truth.
0: Amen. And look at God because, see, God knew your heart. And actually sickness had already passed from you. He had already taken that over 2,000 years ago. But God heard your cry and he let you know that he was still God outside of what they said or what they believed. So that's why we have to take the word of God for what it is. And it starts in the spirit. Because our flesh is going to go through some things, y'all. But when we grab hold to what the spirit has, we can bring it in the natural and that body have to come into alignment with the spirit. But if you don't know what you have in the spirit, you're going to say natural is what it is. We are spiritual beings, three parts, spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is the real you. That's where the life is. The devil don't want you to connect with the life that's in you. And as long as you ain't connecting with it, it's like you don't have what God says he has given you. But once you renew your mind and connect with what you have, it flows and gives life to your body. That's that resurrection power raising up, rising up on the inside of you, and whatever has come to attack you, it got to go because it's, this is the temple of God. It's his, invading his temple. So you say, you can't stay here. Death don't live here. Life lives here. I have life and I have it more abundantly. But when we don't know these things, we just go on what we see. We go on the five senses. We're human. When, when the pandemic came, what do we go on? We went on what we heard. We went on what we saw. But the ones that knew him say, God, I'm not denying that this is not here. But I'm denying that it's coming down my dwelling. Because that ain't what you promised me. And even if it did hit you, you can't stay here. You don't belong here. That's supposed to be our testimony. You can't ride here. Get Leave this house. How dare you think you can come stay here? You're not welcome here. So we got to get rid of scrife. You're not welcome here. Offense, you're not welcome here. Anything that opposes God's word, we got to say, get away from here. Leave right now. My granddaddy was such a man of the word of God. When things would happen, he knew it wasn't his. He would say, this don't belong to me. You're not staying up in here. And God honored his words. Because he stood on those words. Did he go through at times? Yes, I watched him go through with pneumonia. I mean, he had pneumonia. He was going through. He was wrapped up. I remember in a blanket, a white blanket, sitting in front of the heater, just pouring with tears. He said, I know that pneumonia is trying to attack my body, but I'm already the healed of the Lord. Guess what? He rose up out of that. Because he took God at his word. But if you're not there yet, you can't do like he has done. Because he stayed in the word. He had such a relationship, such fellowship with God. He knew, if it take me, I'm still going to be with him. One way or the other, I know where I'm going. So we have to get in a place to say, God, I have to trust you more than I trust this. Is there anyone else that would like to share? Before we dismiss. Okay. I guess everybody's good. Well we thank God for what. He has brought in this house so far. And I pray that. Y'all have gotten something out of what. Has been taught. Because the things that God teach. He teach them for a reason. Because we don't know. We just have to trust him. Amen. Amen. You got something. You good. Okay she's sitting back there. Mm -hmm, mm hmm Okay, can you close us out in prayer?